Can I listen to your podcast? All right. Welcome to another edition of Middle School Music. I'm one of your hosts, Farhan Lalji, and with me is my colleague and co-host, Dario Duet. Dario, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thanks. We have taken the slightly uh, the risk of recording in the afternoon today, even though I still said this this morning. Uh, <laughs> so if you notice a change in our tone, please feel free to give us some good feedback on Twitter, Instagram, and wherever else you might find us. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how the flow goes, because we are kind of in a slightly different vibe. We, we've kind of ending up towards the end of our workday rather than the beginning of the day. How are you feeling about this different time of day recording for middle school music? That's true, but uh, I actually had an interesting meeting today. Mm. Talking of Eminem, uh, mm. based on our last episode, today I met the guy who owned the shelter, which is the original club where Eminem was discovered, uh, where they originally had the rap battles in Detroit, which Proof used to host. Is that the, the kind of the, the story behind the 8 Mile movie? Hundred percent. So not the venue which they used in the movie because that was a set. The actual shelter where Eminem was discovered. How cool is that? And what was the context of of that? So had well, I mean, if you can tell our good listeners anything about what what you were meeting him for? Uh, so he's uh, currently starting a new business in the entertainment space, mm-hmm. kind of at the intersection of of the music industry, photography, um, and concerts. Because he was previously a concert promoter and uh, a venue slash club owner in Detroit. And uh, that was kind of how the conversation got started. I was like, no way, that's, that's epic. And we're recording today, so there what about what There what, you what? go. Yeah, and speaking of uh, interesting interesting people um, and, and Eminem, last week we, we were kind of hot on the heels of the Eminem release. This week uh, we had the uh, new surprise in our Spotify of seeing the new Lil Wayne album. Uh, as well, and I guess we we're going to talk about that towards the end of the podcast. But uh, any anything you want to share on on the Little Wayne side before we we go deep? Um, it's got interesting features, a bit disappointing on my part. Same length as Music to Be Murdered by, but mm. too many tracks. But we can unpack that later. Yeah, yeah, we can talk a little bit about the promotion around it, some of those features, what we think about Lil Wayne as an artist a little bit towards the end of of the podcast. Um, also speaking of of interesting people. Um, we're recording this from uh, our friends at Phoenix Court, which also hosts uh, Local Globe. Uh, one of the interesting things that that happened this week was uh, Billie Eilish uh, really kind of racked up the awards at the Grammys, and there is a connection there. Uh, Billie Eilish started from an A&R perspective, leveraging the Platoon uh, platform, which was a Local Globe investment that Apple bought, uh, I believe, in 2018. Uh, so really interesting to see that kind of connection to, to where we're recording right now to an artist like Billie Eilish. Uh, any thoughts um, on, on that connection or, or on Billie Eilish? It's a small, small world. It is. Hey, it's, uh, it's the perfect opportunity to really dig into what you know we've discussed before mm. is the epitome of uh, a stadium artist in the new music era, which is a, a very rare feat in today's new market dynamic. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, last week we were talking about Eminem and there's a lot of history, a lot of kind of ground to cover on the Eminem side. There's probably less kind of ground just from a you know historical perspective. I mean, Billie Eilish is 18 years old and Eminem's career is longer than that uh, alone. Uh, so it'll be really interesting. But I do think she does deserve a deep dive. And so that's what we're going to give our good listeners today. We're going to go and try to do as much as we can in terms of a deep dive on Billie Eilish. So let's get to it. All right, so Daria, Billie Eilish has been all over the news because she really did kind of uh, 
wrap up and and kind of take over uh, the Grammy Awards. The first artist since Christopher Cross. Do you even? I think Christopher Cross is probably older than you. Chris Cross with Jump. No, not no. that. Chris Cross. <laughs> I don't even know who Christopher Cross, Cross is. <laughs> Christopher Cross. So Christopher Cross. Uh, he had. <laughs> I was like, how oh, this guy win so many Grammys? That song sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not Jump Jump by Chris Cross. No. Uh, Christopher Cross had a song called Sailing, um, which is actually in, in one of our earlier episodes. I don't know if you remember, um, but I talked about Yacht Rock. Do you remember when I talked about the Doobie Brothers? Yes, and, you did. Yeah, yes. so Christopher Cross was part of that genre. And he had a song called Sailing on a self-titled debut. And, and he really took over um, the Grammys back in 1981. Uh, that was when Christopher Cross had all of his success. Oh, okay. So that, was, that was like Dario minus like what? I don't even want to say because I'll feel old. Um, but there you go. So Christopher Cross for had a record, you know, for winning all of these exclusive kind of Grammy guilds or the Grammy guild in terms of winning. The, I think it was like the four uh, general field Grammys, they call them the, the best song, the best artist, the best uh, record. Um, and yeah, so. He did well, best pop vocal, I think is the, the last one in there. And yeah, and Billie Eilish was managed to, to kind of repeat that feat. Uh, the Grammys itself had a little bit of controversy, actually had a lot of controversy. Uh, my other passion alongside fintech music is sport, uh, especially basketball. So we mourned the loss of uh, Kobe Bryant. Uh, some call him a hero, some call him a human. I say he's somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, I felt that um, kind of quite closely. Uh, and yeah, the Grammys were happened to be in Los Angeles, and there was a lot of uh, Kobe talk uh, as well. And then there's also controversy around some of the award winners as well, as well, right? Yes. Well, I mean, I'll just say to start off with, it was great that they got Alicia Keys and Boys to Men together to perform a tribute song to Kobe Bryant. Um, I think overall, the Grammys, yeah, to your point, an interesting evening for a variety of reasons. I think it's fantastic that someone like Billie Eilish can collect the, you know, the the big four. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were a couple other artists, newer artists, which also won awards, which weren't necessarily as well publicized because uh, Billie Eilish stole the spotlight. Yeah. I mean, Lizzo, for one, uh, I know she's very popular in our house um, and she she did well um, on some of the, the urban categories um, and some of the best R&B uh, stuff went to, uh, I believe, the best R&B album went to Anderson .Paak. Uh, so you had some kind of new upcoming uh, other artists as well winning winning some of those awards. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I looked at the best rap album. I see Tyler, the Creator, won that with Igor. I don't know. If I look at the, the nominees, who was there? There was, what, Revenge of the Dreamers 3 by Dreamville. That's J. Cole's crew. There was Meek Mill with Championships, 21 Savage, I'm Greater Than I Was. And YBN Corday, the lost boy, he's worked with with Dr. Dre. Uh, I don't think out of the batch, you know, it's actually, it's a good signal for what I believe, and I think many do share this online, at least keyboard warriors do, that the music uh, 2018 wasn't a fantastic year, sorry, 2019 wasn't a fantastic year for, for hip hop, at least. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've already seen some, some you know, kind of some great albums in 2020, well, at least... Uh, a lot of uh, press and pub around both the Eminem and the Lil Wayne album. But yeah, 2019 felt like a bit of a quiet year uh, for hip hop. And, you know, some would argue, and I think Tyler would argue this as well, that, you know, I'm not sure if his album 
was exactly a rap album. And sometimes I wonder if you know the, the people who are in charge uh, of the Grammys are basically slotting artists in where they think they fit, maybe more so, not because of the music, but more so because of their image and who they associate with. Um, and I think that kind of reflects really poorly on the Grammys as an organization. Uh, they also have some controversy. Um, I think there's some Me Too stuff happening behind the scenes um, with some of the older people, older white men who are part of the institution itself. Um, but you know, I don't think we know enough to go in depth around that topic. But if you're curious, I'm sure a little googling will will get you somewhere. Uh, on that point, but definitely, I think we're we're coming to this point where it's really hard to kind of categorize uh, a lot of these urban pop. You know, kind of you're seeing, you know, is uh, you know artists like um, uh, you know or songs like Old Town Road as well, right? Like, where do you slot some of that yeah. music in? So it'll be interesting to see if that kind of continues as these genres continue to merge. Totally, um, I think someone raised. I can't remember who it was. Um, the notion of using the term urban music mm. and the appropriateness of that in today's modern times. Yeah, especially as the listeners are probably more suburban than they are urban. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we were both kind of really happy to see the success of Billie Eilish. I mean, um, I know I was. I, I really kind of rate, rate Billie Eilish as an artist. Uh, I really like her story. Um, and it was great to kind of see somebody who is really kind of fresh and new having that kind of success. Completely. So I think it's a good opportunity to let people know, you know, a bit about her background. You know, what what led Billie Eilish to winning four Grammys? You know, I think the last uh, female artist of her age uh, to win Grammys, at least that that kind of sticks in my mind, was Lord back in 2013, where she won two Grammys and has released three albums and has been on tour um, this past year. But it's almost... I don't know, fizzled out a bit from the from the, the spotlight at least? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you had other artists probably from the 70s, the 80s. I mean, Madonna kind of started very young. You know, you've got other artists even more recently like Lord, but also like Lana Del Rey as well, who have kind of had this almost like dark darkness or dark tone to some of their music, almost haunting. Uh, like I believe uh, one of our friends, one of my friends, uh, said that they believed Billie Eilish was kind of like a cross between Marilyn Manson and somebody like PJ Harvey or or Fiona Apple, and and there's some of that in there, but I don't think it's it's been taken to this extent, right? I mean, I think previous artists like PJ Harvey, like Fiona Apple, but then more closer to to now, like Lana Del Rey, like Lord, you know, they've tried to kind of break through. Um, I think it's really interesting because I think uh, Billie Eilish comes across as as a real kind of genuine kind of artist. You know, she's not kind of like dyeing her hair uh, from blonde to, to dark to, to kind yeah. of like uh, change some of the, the image and perception. Yeah, just like... Uh, like we like, don't need to say any names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. can I? <laughs> no, don't say the name. Okay. But I mean, people will know. There were two artists that did that. Yeah, and it's like, I feel like the other thing is, you know, every interview, like, so there's a lot of YouTube clips, like whether it's, you know, um, whether it's, uh, what's his name? The... Uh, uh, James James Corden uh, uh, yeah. carpool, carpool karaoke. karaoke karaoke stuff where you know she she's basically letting him in to her home where her and her brother Phineas have been recording music since they were homeschooled um, at the start of secondary school. Um, that to me was was really kind of interesting to see. You know he was really influenced by Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours kind of line in uh, Outliers, 
where kind of that kind of contribution to music is what he's hoping for in terms of Phineas and his production and letting kind of his sister take a lot of the the front line kind of stardom um, on that since like 2015 or 16 or so when they got up and, and started their their music career. Yeah, you know, I like it that you talk about Billie Eilish's image. So, I mean, you know, I guess we'll start from the beginning at some point, but something which I found interesting was when she started to gain some momentum in the public eye, they developed her rollout as an artist and they took inspiration from the likes of, you know, I'm sure you could probably, it's probably more obvious now, but Travis Scott, Chance mm. the Rapper, etc. And, you know, instead of relying on one big single, they instead try and focus on creating a persona and a distinct aesthetic. And I think that that aesthetic, like you pointed out, resonates with um, the Gen Zs of today. Uh, she's, a, she's very much a, um, a figure in that regard and, and brings out, you know, the, the, almost the intersection of Travis Scott meets Marilyn Manson meets, uh, I mean, the list goes on, which makes her stand out as an artist. And we've spoken about this time and time again, you know, there are lots of people in the world, uh, not everyone, uh, who uh, who can sing, and but not many can perform. But then there's it's about being able to sing and perform and actually have that commercial presence and appeal that makes you distinctive and helps to build that image to get you to where you are. And sure, you know, Eilish had a team behind her that that helped her to get there eventually. But no, when she first started off, it was because her and her brother, as a as, as a family duo, were able to put really special and good music out there. Yeah, and also the the channels that they were able to use, right? I mean, we talk a lot about artists like uh, Lily Allen kind of being discovered off things like MySpace. And, you know, there's a whole genre of SoundCloud rappers that are getting more kind of notice now. And the whole mumble rap kind of category really kind of grew out of the SoundCloud rapping kind of category. And now what we're seeing is there can be artists, not just kind of SoundCloud rappers, but pure kind of artists who can also use SoundCloud uh, and other platforms. I mean, I think uh, Platoon, which is the British uh, company that was responsible for some of the early A&R uh, around Billie Eilish, was, was really interesting. And that platform um, also helped to discover other artists like Stefflon Don, uh, as well as Yeba, I believe, and, and others um, as well. So, you know, kind of uh, Billie Eilish, starting with Ocean Eyes, you know, as uh, probably like 15 you know, at that point, maybe even 14 or 15 when she wrote that song, putting it out there, getting discovered that way. And almost, you know, it, that this does feel more like an overnight success, even though it is really like three years, three years relative to some of the other journeys that other artists have had does feel like a lot shorter period between, hey, I'm going to put a song on SoundCloud and I'm going to own the Grammys. Yeah, because I think she's focused on her craft mm, and that definitely. was well, that's the most important part. Um, you know, as cliche as it sounds, people say if you're chasing fame or whatever it may be, and, and you see that sometimes in the hip hop space, even in the, in the dance music space as well. And I guess the, the industry climate today can allow for you to have a one hit wonder. But what was amazing to see was, yes, Eilish releases a Ocean Eyes on SoundCloud of all places, yeah. which is actually a crowded market to begin yeah, with. Totally. It was like to get discovered off SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, She's discovered that way, and uh, how well it's pretty simple actually. It, well, it sounds simpler than it probably was, but Phineas writes and produces a song, which is Ocean Eyes, originally for his band. And then Irish's dance teacher asked them to write a song for a dance routine. They release Ocean Eyes, and boom, 
You know, the song starts getting picked up by Beats One, KCRW, BBC One, Zane Lowe, Jason Cromer, Annie Mack, and the list goes on. And boom, your life changes forever. And as you said, at 14 years old. Yeah, and I think the other interesting thing was some of the timing, right? Like, so Platoon gets acquired by Apple, and there's an artist like Billie Eilish kind of with Platoon that they can use for some of the early kind of ad campaigns and stuff around kind of some of that artistry, right? I believe that the song Come Out and Play was basically a holiday-themed uh, Apple ad uh, back in 2018. And, and that was kind of well-timed alongside when they acquired Platoon. So some of these things kind of happen, and then it's like also her getting kind of a song in the Roma soundtrack uh, when I was older, uh, and that song really kind of going alongside the movie. And then kind of the right uh, combinations, right? So I first really kind of, I'd say... Falling in love might be a little bit too too much, but I really kind of started to dig uh, Billie Eilish in the song she did with Khalid, right? For me, that was the first time where I was like, you know, I think the song's called Lovely, and I was like, oh, this, who's the female artist? Who's the, the voice on this track? And that was kind of when I went into the Billie, Billie Eilish rabbit hole and really started to dig in, and, and then kind of to see other artists collaborating with her and covering her, I mean, now you see CNCO doing a cover of Bad Guy, um, and you see, uh, I believe it's Alicia Keys uh, doing a cover of Ocean Eyes uh, as well. And so for somebody that young to have such an impact where you can get a Latin boy band and a classic R&B queen alongside a, a collaboration with the new upcoming R&B artist like Khalid, as well as a feature from Justin Bieber, all within like two years, I think it's incredible. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Go on. You know, we spoke about Halsey last week. Mm. Halsey's been around for a long time. If you had to put the two side by side, mm. do you see them competing in the same space? Ooh. Do you see them as complementary, maybe doing a song together? It, it's, a, it's a bigger question. I don't know. You know, I think, um, I, I think we do this a lot with female artists, a lot more so than we maybe do it with male artists, where we almost yeah. feel like you have to kind of like compare and contrast. And it's almost like a battle right between them. And it's like, I think there's... Biggie and Tupac. Biggie and Tupac. <laughs> sure, I mean, yeah, and rap maybe, and maybe it's a, you know, in the rap category as well. But I just feel like when I think back to, you know, kind of my childhood, you had Madonna and you had Cyndi Lauper. And they were very different artists. They had very different crafts. They were really kind of focused on their own kind of lane. And I think a world could exist where somebody could be both a Madonna fan and a Cyndi yeah. Lauper fan. And I think that's kind of carried on, right? I mean... I don't necessarily see them competing for the same audience, but that being said, you know, there's nothing stopping you from having a playlist with both Halsey and having uh, some Billie Eilish tracks on that as well. For sure. Couldn't agree more. I think uh, something to point out, though, which is a trend which we've spoken about before, is as soon as Eilish wins these awards, all of a sudden the next day, her catalog of albums and oh, yeah. songs sell, song sales go up 109% compared to January 25th, which was the day before. Her first two album sales got up 46%, and her song download sales increased by 127%. It's just the power of these award shows still exists, even in the year 2020. Yeah, the bump is definitely there, right, from the Grammys. I mean, whether or not you think these, these awards have as much relevance as they had 20 years ago, and if you can draw the direct correlation between kind of artists winning awards and their uplift in music. And it's interesting to see how much the PR angle, how much the TV angle kind of plays a role in that, right? Because 
other artists might have won some of the smaller category awards, but those, if they're not kind of celebrated on the main TV show, they might not get the same kind of level of bump um, that an artist like Billie Eilish or even somebody like Lizzo uh, gets because of their performing on the show. Um, I believe uh, Ariana Grande also performed. It'd be interesting to see some of those other artists that performed how their kind of back catalog streams might have grown over January, February, compared to some of the artists who maybe won awards that weren't televised. It'll be really interesting to see if we can kind of dig into the data and then kind of categorize and say, actually, if you appear, even if you don't win an award, but you do a performance that's actually televised, does that impact you more than actually winning an award? Yeah, completely, because then we'll, we'll be able to determine, is it from the uh, news and PR online or is it because of viewership? Uh, you know, something to also point out though is that Phineas, which is Billy's brother, uh, he also won two awards that evening. He won the Producer of the Year Award and the Best Engineered Album Non-Classical for When We Fall Asleep. Wow, they dominated. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting on that as well because I think the whole Phineas and uh, Billie Eilish story is one that I'm really fascinated in in that here is a brother and sister duo who obviously have a lot of love. You know, they're, they're your brother, your classic kind of brother and sister who probably fight quite a bit, but whatever, but we're homeschooled together and are really, really supportive of each other's career. Um, you know, Phineas likes to kind of hang out in the background, creates great music, and is really happy, at least as, as the way it seems, for his sister to take a lot of the spotlight. Uh, Billie Eilish has a, a song, um, I believe it's called I Look Good in the Crown, um, and it's really interesting that the message behind that is a little bit about her being like a king, not a queen, not a princess, but her being a king and her being up front. And it's, it's a really interesting dynamic between her and her brother in that she feels like the one in front and he feels like the one behind, right? And in the same way that you have a lot of relationships that kind of almost like glorify the male and kind of ignore the female behind the male, in this relationship, it feels like Billie Eilish is definitely up front. And I'm really glad that we're now in this place where you can have this brother and sister duo, and it's not like other husband and wife duos or other brother and sister duos uh, in the past, where it's almost like the brothers come to the front, right? Like whether it was the Jacksons, whether it was the um, oh God, I don't even want to say it because it'll make me feel old, but like Sonny and Cher, the Oswalds, all of these like old Sonny time. and Cher. Yeah, like all of these like 60s, 70s, 80s, where they were brothers and sisters. I mean, you look at like Michael and Janet, Michael was definitely up front and Janet had to claw her way yeah. kind of through. And it's really interesting for me to see the sister being the celebrity, being the star, being up front, and the brother kind of being behind the scenes, kind of creating some of the music that the sister is kind of taking a lot of credit for. Yeah, but something to highlight, though, is that something we didn't mention is that, you know, Eilish made history as the first woman mm. to ever win in all four categories. Definitely. And I think she's breaking a lot of these barriers, right? She's also going to be the youngest artist to ever do the new James Bond song or a James Bond track. Yes. And I think that this new James, I'm really kind of looking forward to this uh, James Bond movie, not just because it's the last in this I think kind of really great kind of series uh, with Daniel Craig as James Bond, but also it's got Fleabag's uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge doing a lot of the writing. You've got Billie Eilish doing the main song. So it's almost like you know, you've got two really relevant, two really kind of creative individuals, both on the writing side and on the music side. So I'm really kind of looking forward to that. Um, the other thing that, that I was gonna say about Billie Eilish that's, that's got me kind of pumped is, you know, we're seeing a lot of like 
uh, rock and roll or, you know, kind of artists um, like uh, Flea uh, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Dave Grohl uh, from Foo Fighters and Nirvana actually commenting on Billy Grohl, on Billy Eilish, because they're taking their daughters to these concerts. Ah. And so their daughters at like 13, 14, 15 years old are influencing them. And it was really funny that Dave Grohl got caught up in some controversy a while back when he compared uh, Billie Eilish to Nirvana. And a lot of kind of the Nirvana fans were up in arms. And he had to clarify and say, no, what he meant was actually her impact on actual culture in terms of how fans were reacting to her in the moment, having gone and experienced a Billie Eilish concert as a concert goer was kind of giving him that reflection on how time had kind of told the story of what it was like to be part of Nirvana. So I was really interested in that kind of like reflection. Here's somebody who was in, you know, two of the biggest like rock and roll bands ever, both Nirvana and the Foo Fighters, and now kind of also kind of caught up in the whole Billie Eilish side of things as well and watching that from the side. The debate, yeah, that's really interesting actually because rock and roll is such a defining era in, in the music industry overall. And I think Billie Eilish, uh, this era right now, is a defining moment for the new era of music and what it represents for artists moving forward in terms of career development as well as how fans interpret, digest and I would say um, uh, re reflect yeah. um, or project off these artists Definitely. as well. It's interesting, right? Like, I mean, the, the classification of Billie Eilish as a pop artist and then drawing reflections on like Marilyn Manson, who, pro or uh, yeah, who, who you would not call a pop artist, right? But you can definitely see the lines if you're kind of paying attention on how one artist influences another from at least a style perspective or a perspe perception perspective as well. I wonder if um, moving forward, if the Gen Zs of today look at or read articles or view TikTok videos or consume Instagram content or whatever it is that shows Eilish winning these awards and use that as motivation to say, hey, I can also be a bedroom artist and become you know, mainstream. Um, or whether it's a simple case of, oh, that's just a pipe dream. You know, the market is too crowded now. She did it in 2015 when SoundCloud was less uh, kind of congested. Or yeah. SoundCloud was less crowded <laughs> yeah. and um, it, it had more financial upside. I, I don't know. I think, um, you know, good music will kind of float to the top. You know, artists who are pure artists will kind of get discovered in some way, I hope. Um, this might be kind of the optimist in me speaking. But, you know, like when you've got um, an artist... Uh, who also uses kind of tools like Fruit Loops and stuff, who can kind of get discovered um, and then put their music out, or get, or you have like platforms where people can put out beats and other people can comment and kind of react to those, and you can gain popularity through even your production um, on that side. What's the name of the Afro African artist who's really kind of collaborating with a lot of Western artists right now? Um, yeah, Burna Boy. That's it. So Burna Boy does this great kind of now is kind of doing this great album, has so many collaborations with artists from the West, you know, is featuring on... Um, with Said? Yeah, is, fearing, is featuring with like Ed Sheeran and Stormzy and all of this as well. And Burna Boy was, you know, kind of able to just use Fruit Loops 
and create his own music and also get discovered in a similar way that Phineas and, and Billie Eilish were in their bedroom. So I think, yeah, I think part of it is that you can still have these bedroom artists. And I think the level of quality, you don't need to be in a studio. You don't need to have all of this really expensive music to create. So I think we're just at the start of how creative this sector is going to get based on kind of like these bedroom artists who are able to leverage uh, technology that's a lot more accessible than it was even as, as much as 10 years ago. Yeah, I agree with you. And I know Drake tends to record while he's on tour. Uh, I know Scorpion, a large portion of Scorpion was recorded that way, and I'm sure many other artists do the same. However, I will say, though, that when you listen to something like a Dr. Dre album, uh, you know, very much ingrained in the craft, the old school craft, uh, you can hear the nuances in the way that the songs are produced. However, it really does come down to mastering. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and so I think all of that aside, if you have somebody who's good at mastering, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see, like as as we've kind of said a couple times, Billie Eilish is really young, right? She's yeah. 18 years old. She's just really at the start. I mean, this is you know other than her first EP, which had which had like Ocean Eyes and stuff. This is her first proper studio album. You know, even if the studio is the home studio, the mastering is probably happening somewhere else. It'll be really interesting to see what kind of decisions she makes, what kind of if she does the reinvention. I really am kind of drawing parallels to artists like Madonna and Cher, uh, speaking of Sonny and Cher earlier, really dating myself now, around these artists who, who recreated or reinvented themselves. It'll be really interesting to see if, similar to Madonna, you know, who did the dance phase, who had True Blue, who had, you know, kind of Living on a Prayer, all of these songs had a very different kind of Madonna from a you know, kind of perception perspective, from a style perspective, from a presentation perspective. And the music was good throughout. You know, it'll be really interesting to see if Billie Eilish and Phineas take that kind of tone. And, you know, if we're seeing the more dark side now, the more brooding teenager, what she's like as a 21-year-old, what she's like as a 25-year-old, what she's like as a 30-year-old. I'm really kind of keen to see that artist kind of evolution in Billie Eilish. Completely. I mean, what, the most equivalent artist that started at a young age uh, in recent times, probably Justin Bieber, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. I mean, Bieber now has been going for, what, like 12 years? I mean, I mean uh, Baby I, came out, I, I believe, in like 2008, 2009. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, uh, talking of Justin Bieber, they've just released the season's documentary talking about how he's getting back on the road and all of his, all of his personal challenges. I think talking of evolution of an artist, yeah. that Purpose album was damn good. Yeah. That was five years ago, but a lot of that is attributable to Pube as a writer. Yeah, totally. I think uh, if I listen to what he released a new track yesterday. Yeah, he did. I mean, dude, I really don't like his new stuff. I know, I know. Even my my household, which are uh, ardent kind of Bieber uh, fans, you know, they were they are not fans of Yummy uh, at all. I don't think they've heard the new one. Uh, yet so so I'll be interesting to see if if that changes their mind. But it's funny because like Billie Eilish, the the bad uh, the bad guy remix with Justin Bieber. Uh, there's a story behind that around when she spotted Justin Bieber at a concert. There's a great YouTube clip um, if you've got a spare like a minute uh, to to spend on YouTube where you can see Billie Eilish's reaction to just seeing Justin Bieber and giving him a big hug, and you can just see and feel that there's true fandom there and it's it's so interesting to kind of capture that one artist being a fan of another artist and that interaction and now it'll be interesting to see how Billie Eilish's career kind of definitely evolves because you probably see a lot less Justin Bieber in her presentation 
than you do kind of your PJ Harveys or your Marilyn Mansons. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see as she grows, as she evolves, does she kind of change her style? Does she change the way she presents music? Does she do a dance album? Does she do kind of lean in and do more rock-ish kind of uh, elements as well? And I guess some of that is due to Phineas's production. It'll be interesting to see if she and Phineas kind of continue that collaborative relationship or if she'll explore really kind of maybe doing albums separately, right? Like, I mean, you know, the road is, it, the history of music is littered with, you know, artists who work with producers early on, separate from those producers, go different ways, find other producers to collaborate with, possibly come back, possibly not. It'll be interesting to really observe whether or not Phineas and Billie Eilish continue their their collaboration relationship. I guess the bigger question on, do you continue to use the formula if it isn't broken or do you spice things up? And you've seen this with many artists before. And I mentioned last week, there's rumor that Kendrick Lamar is looking at rock influences for his latest album, which is supposedly being released in the first half of this year. Phineas released uh, an EP last year, Blood Harmony. Mm. And his first official single was Shelter, which was released at the end of September in 2019. I think you'll have... Ideally, it would be great to see the two continue. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if family jealousies will get in the way. Uh, but I also think that something, such an achievement, such as the one that Billy and her brother together have achieved, is going to encourage many producers, and I guess those with, uh, who are very greedy in those industries as well, to try and get involved. Um, greed aside, let's yeah. just focus on the creative side for now. You may have many producers that are well-respected, which maybe Eilish has always dreamed of working with, who may um, knock on her door. And we've seen that with other artists, and sometimes it's worked very well, and other times it's failed miserably. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Like I, My, my kind of like hap, haphazard prediction would be that Billie Eilish and, and Phineas take a break right from each other. Like Billie does probably experiment with other producers. Uh, Phineas does release more music on his own, working with other producers. And then they'll probably like intersect again um, at some point. At least that's my hope, because it'll be interesting to see, you know, that journey kind of progress um, over time and just see like how much those collaborations today, kind of what we look at, well, how we look at those collaborations uh, in 10 years time. Yeah, I was just thinking now, like, doesn't Billie Eilish kind of remind you of the, the less bubblegum version of Lady Gaga, like the real version? Like this is, this is me and I'm a woman and this is how I want to be in today's world and screw all the people around me that are trying to dictate or, or jam specific um, stereotypes down my throat because that's what led to Gaga's downfall. Fall. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, right? Like, I mean, I think Lady Gaga was a really interesting creative artist. I mean, her voice, like just with the piano and Lady Gaga is insane. Um, but she went into some really kind of weird places. I mean, you look at the meat dress and all of these kind of things that Lady Gaga the did. Meat dress. Yeah, man. Um, Was there an argument between Eilish and Gaga about the meat dress because Eilish uh, is vegan or something? Possibly. Possibly. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, but I, and I think like, you know, the fans necessarily don't necessarily overlap um, as much as we'd, we'd like them to um, because I do think they're both great female artists. And I think, you know, kind of Gaga is a great one to look at because her most recent stuff in terms of uh, the, her movie career and her songs from that movie, you know, that's a very different kind of Lady Gaga 
to the Lady Gaga that emerged almost kind of from the the paths of Madonna, right? Like I think the Madonna to Lady Gaga lineage is definitely linear, whereas the Madonna to Billie Eilish lineage is almost in parallel, right? Like you're looking at artists kind of starting off really, really early, but very differently. Whereas like Lady Gaga, you can draw a direct parallel or direct line and say actually you can totally see the Madonna influence in Lady Gaga. Yeah. In Lady Gaga or in Billie Eilish? In Lady Gaga. Madonna, uh-huh. you can definitely see. Like Lady Gaga taking her fashion risks, taking her, even her musical choices. Like the, the New York scene is very different to the LA scene. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. So, so Billie Eilish kind of coming up from the LA scene, you almost see more of like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Marilyn Mansons, uh, the Nirvana on the West Side. Definitely. West Side? Yeah. Whereas like with Lady Gaga, you know, she's a New York club girl. And Madonna also was a New York club girl. So you see a lot more of the direct relationship yeah. on that side. But I mean, it's really interesting that, you know, we're that again, kind of like these almost these female artists are kind of pitted against each other. Yeah. You know? And you see it as well with um, Taylor Swift and Katy Perry as well in the past. And they got to kind of squash that beef, I hope. But you wonder if like the the fans of the artists are kind of almost making this a bigger deal than the artists themselves are making it. <laughs> so, okay. so on that great note, um, I think that that's probably exhausted as far as we can go with Billie Eilish, but we definitely are both kind of looking out to kind of see what Eilish does next and how her career evolves. What is she going to do next? Who knows? But what we do know is that we've put together a playlist this week focusing on Billie Eilish's biggest hits. Uh, so if you've never heard of her and would like to know more about her, Check yeah. out the middle school playlist. We had one last week with Eminem. Thank you for the feedback. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. There's some collabos. There's some covers as well as uh, some of the, the tunes from Billie Eilish that we both really liked over the last couple of years. So on that note, talking about music, what about new music, Farhan? What are you listening Boy. to? You know, I, I have spent the morning and most of the day trying to digest the new Lil Wayne album. It's called The Funeral. I think there's a reason why, because oh. you might die listening to it. Unfortunately, I have to say I'm not a big fan of this album. I mean, you know, kind of I, I have been a fan of Lil Wayne in the past, but this album, I feel, really let me down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where that came from. There was zero promotion behind it. It's got features on it, but the songs are poor. I think it should have just been thrown in the bin. I mean, if there was a... This is where if there was a traditional label, the a would not have let this fly. There's no way that anybody would have let that that album come out. Uh, but this is typical Wayne fashion. Some people love it, and I'm sure loyalists will turn around and say, it's great, and you two don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I guess I'm glad I'm not a little Wayne loyalist then. But uh, I think even with the Carter Five, we've seen that he just has too much filler and maybe needs to start going back to the drawing board and, and putting something more cohesive out there. Who knows? Maybe this wasn't meant to be a, a, a commercial release to the extent that we're interpreting it as, and it was more rather meant to be something that uh, was just put out there, almost in the sense that it was like a mixtape. Yeah, I mean, that being said, though, I do feel like it's overshadowing what looks like you know, a decent week of new music. So there's new Daddy Yankee tracks. There's, as you mentioned earlier, the new Justin Bieber kind of track as well. It'll be interesting to see when that album, do we have an album release? Valentine's Day. Ah, great. So looking forward to to hearing, hopefully the rest of the album uh, is better than the two tracks we've heard so far from, from the Biebs. Uh, but yeah, new Dua Lipa, new Taylor Swift. Um, I actually really like the Boogie With A Hoodie uh, new track called King Of My City. 
Uh, I really enjoyed that track that I kind of got to listen to this morning before I realized there was a new uh, Lil Wayne album that kind of took over. Do you know what you could or should listen to is actually the Game of Thrones soundtrack. Now, they never put any commercial uh, attention on the soundtrack itself. However, there's a great track there with Scissor, The Weeknd, and Travis Scott called Power is Power. And the soundtrack itself is sequenced very well. There are songs from the likes of Ellie Goulding, The Ex-Ambassadors, ASAP Rocky and Joey Badass, James Arthur, Rosalia, um, Mumford & Sons, The Lumineers, Lil Peep, Ty Dolla Sign, Matt Bellamy, and the list goes on. So very interesting mix of people, but very well sequenced. And uh, if you about to jump onto your Friday commute. Well, actually, it's not Friday when you listen to this. So <laughs> whenever you listen your to Monday it, morning your Monday morning commute, your Monday morning commute, that's what it is. Uh, then, or you want to get over the Sunday blues before work tomorrow, yeah. then uh, take a listen. There's also, I just discovered uh, a new track with Lil Nas X featuring Nas uh, called Rodeo. So I'm Nas I'm, Squared. Exactly, Nas Squared. So I'm interested to see how that track plays out. Haven't listened to it yet but it's probably something I'm going to be checking out on my commute home on Friday. I've listened to it. I've listened yeah. to all three versions of that song, okay. right? So there was, uh, there was the original, which had no features. Then he threw Cardi B on the track and put that out on the EP, which I guess made sense because she was all the rage. Sure. Um, the Nas track, I way prefer. I feel like production-wise, if increased the production value, it sounds a bit more polished. And I prefer it. But uh, So hey. there you go. So there is some, some decent music. Um, to listen to. This it's one. not all doom and gloom or funeral orientated. <laughs> there Thanks, we go. <laughs> well, um, on that note, um, I think it's time for us to, to draw a close to, to this casket that is this podcast <laughs> this episode at least um thanks again for listening to middle school music you can find us on twitter at middle school underscore music that's at mdl skl underscore music you can find me on twitter at farhan lalji uh dario where can the good listeners find you good listeners you can find me on at dario underscore devet with a w with a w is it really with the w with a w. w thanks again for listening and we'll catch you guys soon ciao Can I listen to your podcast?